Hey folks, in this episode of the podcast, I had the pleasure of having Grant, CEO of Mirrorscape, join us for the show. If you're unfamiliar with Mirrorscape, Mirrorscape is building the future of role-playing games through the integration of tabletop gameplay and augmented reality. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about AR, tabletop gaming, the future that is tabletop gaming, and much more. So be sure to listen to the entire episode for a couple of sneak peeks into what's going on with the Kickstarter and the company. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoy. Hey folks, Brian here. Today we have an awesome guest with us. If you're unfamiliar with tabletop AR tech, these are the folks that are spearheading the industry. So Grant, thank you for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it. How have you been? Uh, busy. <laughs> Obviously. Just a little bit, huh? Just a little bit. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us um, or having me. It's, uh, it's been, it's, yeah, we're like crazy busy, you know, building the future. Yeah, you're quite literally building the future of tabletop. I really love what you're doing. And for folks out there, I know that was a bit of a, you know, short introduction, but let me, let me explain why. You are doing so much for the tabletop industry by merging, artif- you know, augmented reality, excuse me, and tabletop. A lot of folks would think, well, why would we do that when we have 3D printed terrains or the ability to create, you know, 3D printed terrain and whatnot? What I love about this is that this is part of what the future entails for us, right? This is a huge moment for the tabletop gaming industry because this, just like what Pokemon Go did to Pokemon, this what I I feel this is what's uh, it's going to do to tabletop terrain. So that is why, like, I'm really excited. I'm really trying to hold back. But Grant, <laughs> please tell don't. me tell me a little bit about yourself, though, so that our folks in the audience can kind of get to know you a bit more when did you start getting into you know fantasy role-playing games or just role-playing games in general oh yeah well i mean i've been a lifelong fan ever since i was um like seven years old i think um i grew up in uh central illinois um in the middle of nowhere um and there was nothing to do and no kids to play with and i'm like you know what are we gonna do Mm-hmm. And uh, I will never forget my childhood friend um, said, hey, you've got to come over and, you know, I'm dating myself. But this was right after D&D was just created, really. Uh, it was the late 70s. And um, my childhood friend said, hey, you got to come over and play this game Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, you know, what the heck is that? I'm like, yeah. oh, whatever. No one had heard of it at that time. And um, so I went over and went down into the furnished basements like you have nice. in the Midwest. Yeah, uh, which I miss here in California. I would kill for a basement, but um, you, I, we went down there, and on the top of the bar, his father, who was going to be the DM, had all of these painted miniatures, and oh, I was cool. like, oh, he was a master painter. It was amazing. Like to this day, I think he was one of the best painters I've ever seen. Wow. And I'm like, what is this, right? And I had never even heard of miniature gaming or war gaming or any of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He had all these really cool minis in the bar. And he said, yeah, so um, pick out one that you like, um, something that, you know, you're drawn to. And then we'll create a character around that. I'm like, what do you mean a character? And then, you you know, I literally picked out this wizard, you know, the staff and like this really cool stuff. 
created a character around it. And then, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to go on this adventure. You go into the dungeon. And then all the monsters come out that he had painted. Like, he, just phenomenal. I was absolutely blown away. And That's so, awesome. Yeah. From that very day, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I was absolutely hooked. And, uh, you know, it was, again, there was nobody to ever play with her. So I ended up becoming a dungeon master very, very early on. Because if I'm going to play it, I've got to, you know, spearhead this whole thing. And so um, I've been DMing for, you know, since then. So like, just really into it, always have loved it. And, you know, you get older and people go to high school and they go to college and you get married and you get a job and you move away and it's really hard to play this game, right? I always say time and distance are the enemies of this game. So I've always been looking for a way to play it better, to be able to Mm -hmm. play it in an authentic manner and so we've had roll 20 we've had fancy grants we've had these things that are on the web um but it it's always kind of like this it's like a zoom call right and it's like it just it's not the way this game was meant to be played yeah it was it's it's kind of i feel like technology has done it's a double-edged sword right like we you know we you and i've talked about this before where technology can be a double-edged sword things like dungeons and dragons we've been able to expand D to you know, so many individuals who may or may not have been able to play because of the internet. And e- even from a YouTube perspective, right? Like if you were to show a video of someone playing D&D, someone in another country could say, oh, what's D&D? This is the game. This is sound. This sounds like a cool game. And they're now exposed to it. But like you said, oftentimes the the nostalgia, the actual root and the heart of D&D is to be at the table. So I can see where that kind of that, you know, that uh, correlation can occur. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's the best part of it is like the role playing getting together. So our platform and and so I've been working in like augmented and virtual reality for the last eight years, eight, nine years. Right. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I have plenty of experience doing like lots of big location based experiences um, for Marvel. I worked for uh, uh, on the Avengers. Yeah. Avengers Damage Control, which was their location-based uh, VR experience with the Void and Industrial Light and Magic, which is amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then directed um, How to Train Your Dragon, the flight school experience um, with Dreamscape Immersive and DreamWorks. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, doing all these big location-based things. But all the while, I was like, this is the perfect technology marriage for gameplay. And so in the back of my head, I'd always been like, this is the way to do this. You know, this is what we've got to do. And I looked around three years ago, this last Christmas it was, and I'm like, somebody has got to be doing this, right? Like somebody's got to be doing, you know, AR tabletop gameplay and nobody was um, that I could find. And so I'm like, you know what, screw it. I'll just, you know, roll up my sleeves and start diving in and programming this thing. Cause I was a engineer by degree, computer programmer, and I've always programmed my whole life, mm-hmm. but um it just started taking on a life of its own. And like, you know, it started out as a hobby and I'm like, this is amazing. And then started showing my friends in LA who were, you know, he was one of my friends was um, that I was introduced to head of the LA D and D society. And then he introduced me to Kyle Newman, who, if you know, was the you know best-selling author of Heroes Feast and yep. also Art Anna and like everyone very tied into the gaming community who introduced us to uh, Joe Manganiello. So it just all kind of snowballed from there. And, you know, everybody saw it and like, this is amazing. Like you, you have to make a company out of this. And so we did. Um, so, you know, it's all about making a better way to play. Like, 
you we can still get together around the table yep you know and this is before covid but like we can still get around the table play together but we can build as big as our dreams we can use you know all this cool terrain we can you know add a digital element to it because we are digital but not making it a video game all these different things and uh, everybody just started loving it and like this is amazing you know i love what you stated regarding how you could still get you could still be at the table playing i've seen not only you know and i'll i'll be the first one to say it i was introduced to y'all because y'all had reached out because we had had conversations in the past because i've commented on a lot of you know the the at least the images that i'd seen at first and i had worked in ar not only from a you know daytime work perspective especially being in cyber and being in all that i have able i've been able to see kind of the beautiful things that you could do with it right from a data analytics perspective um a lot of cool things that you can do with it and we haven't even you know really gone down the rabbit hole um and that's just from an it perspective in general right we haven't we have not got down the rabbit hole that we could go down um, and I'm really excited for it. But I remember we we got in contact and we were talking and then I start I was invited, which I really appreciate to beta test and to kind of help with, you know, that. And quite honestly, when I first looked at it, I was blown, I was blown away by okay. the detail, the level of detail that you have in there and the fact that I could be in my house with terrain that is, in a sense, virtual that others can see and they can move around and it's like we're back at the table again right and especially yeah. because of everything with the pandemic and everything that just happened in general I could, we we couldn't get together um you know i had i have a bunch of 3d per you know terrain and whatnot that i couldn't yeah. really use during that time and i love it but i couldn't use it because there was no one to play with and especially like with conventions being shut down and even now that they're starting back up like that's a lot to take to, to carry with you i mean you know this from traveling like it's a lot to carry around so the fact that i now have the ability to take my terrain that being virtual and everyone is able to play that's a really cool concept and that's really cool and i don't see it stopping in dnd i see it going and expanding you know if this can prevail further warhammer 40k Games like Hero Clicks, games like the Lord of the Rings Battle, you know, for middle or the Battle Battle Companies. There's a lot of ideas here, and there's I know you've probably already thought of it. I'm sorry, never heard of them. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, of course, absolutely. I mean, it's everything you're saying is absolutely true. Like, you know, this is just the very beginning of augmented reality, right? Like most people don't even really understand what it is, like. They know it's like funny effects on the phone, or you can put like silly glasses on your face, or like all those kinds of things. But so that's a really good place to start off. Then, yeah. how would you define augmented reality, either from a technical perspective or from a practical perspective, just for the audience members who may or may not know this? What what is augmented reality? Right. So you know, I worked in both virtual and augmented reality like i said for like the last eight or nine years so virtual reality is kind of easier to understand because mm-hmm. most people have done it they understand what that is they've at least heard of it or seen it um if you haven't like all of this stuff is very difficult to explain over this kind of medium because you're trying to sure. explain an immersive medium over a 2d flat screen like this it's just we kind right. of say like so our tagline you were talking about the tabletop and like our tagline is 
you know, bringing the table back to tabletop gaming, right? You can still get around in augmented reality and play. Yeah. But I'm almost like our second tagline is seeing is believing. Yeah. Because it, you know, we were just a Gary Con and that was our first outing um, in terms of like the big gaming audience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were walking by and they stopped in their tracks when they saw this on, a, on, you know, the iPads that were demoing around a table and they're just blown away, right? Like it's crazy. So like when you see it, you actually can like, oh my God, this is insane. So, you know, it's really hard to describe, but uh, augmented reality is, uh, you know, kind of a sister to virtual reality. Virtual reality, you put the glasses on and we can completely control and change your environment and you're in a 3D world and you can walk through it and move and do all these things. Mm-hmm. Augmented reality is very much the same thing, but it's actually harder because we are trying to literally, it's in the name, augment your reality, right? So with these new technologies, you know, you can see what Apple is doing and we can talk a little bit about the AR glasses, obviously in a little bit about what's coming out in the, in the distant future and not too distant future, but you know, the LiDAR sensors that are in the latest uh, iPads and iPhones and all that stuff um, give you depth sensing. And so what we can do that tells you how far every pixel in your phone is away from you. Mm-hmm. So what we can do with that is put objects, computer graphics inside your world, Darth Vader, or, you know, a tabletop gaming platform or any number of other things. So all of this stuff we can integrate into your actual real world. And so this is going to really fundamentally change the world. Sounds stupid. Like every, you know, no, it doesn't. Every- I mean, it's true. Yeah, it is absolutely true. So I think in five to eight years, the cell phone is going to go away. Um, and, you know, Apple is planning on the obsolescence of the iPhone. And they're planning on that because of augmented reality. And you will be wearing glasses. And everybody's like, oh, I, I wouldn't do that, right? But like a lot of people said they wouldn't wear the little white earbuds. And then, you know, two months later, it's the most fashionable thing that you're doing out there, right? Yeah. So it's going to be so compelling that everyone will be wearing these glasses. And it's just, you know we'll be able to put, you know, arrows over the top of your direction. So instead of, you know, looking at Google Maps, you'll actually have directions that are stuck to the ground and showing you on the ground where to go. You'll have restaurant reservations and menus on top of the, you know, restaurants that you're going to that you're looking down the street. All of these crazy technologies, you know, I'll be able to drop something on the street and you'll be able to come by. And if you see, like, if you subscribe to my reality, my layer of reality, you'll see the same thing that I dropped where I dropped it. So mm-hmm. all of these crazy technologies are coming to bear. And I just knew that I'm like, you know what, this is the perfect marriage for this kind of gameplay. Um, but, uh, you know, we wanted to be there day one. And yeah. so, you know, a, a, augmented reality is really, you're augmenting the reality that you're in. And we can put any kind of computer graphics within the world that you're experiencing um, to make it better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's a perfect, it's a perfect explanation. You know, we, we mentioned about Pokemon Go and what that did um, to Pokemon, right? And, and, and how you were able to interact with the world of Pokemon, or rather the world of Pokemon was able to interact with our world. And it's still is able to do that. I, and I see that future. I see it from also different perspectives too, you know, even, uh, you know, our, our, our armed forces could have, you know, a, a display where they know certain things using augmented reality, you know, as, as something as crazy. They they're, the, they're, they're the earliest adopters, right? So like, yeah. you know, it's only like now coming to consumers, but it's already been in the medical industrial and military complex for the last yeah. years. Right. 
Yeah, very true. That is very true. I didn't think about that because usually it's that is where a lot of money is as well. But also a lot of the, you know, especially from a medical perspective, right? Like how cool is it to say like now you have this data that a human can analyze and you don't have to use a spreadsheet to analyze it, right? You can actually look at it right there in front of you and then that might actually save someone's life quicker than something else. Um, And then now being in the consumer space with tabletop, I look at it from a, I look at it in this way too, where players who may or may not, you know, have the ability or, you know, let's say, you know, they're living in an apartment. They don't have a lot of place to store terrain. Now you have this app where you actually have your terrain in a digital format and you can play with your friends. You know, everyone's at the, at the apartment playing, hanging out, but you have it there. But in addition to that, now you can go to cons and you can do the same thing if you're a traveling DM. Or if you are a traveling DM, just going locally, whatever may happen, you can do that. And I feel, and again, obviously, I'm just, I'm kind of thinking of the different opportunities and and uh, possibilities because most of us not only play D and D, but like I mentioned, Warhammer. All right, well, now I got my Warhammer terrain, and now I I don't have to have, you know, bookshelves worth of terrain because I'm in a small apartment. Yeah, I mean, listen to me. It doesn't matter how big your place is. Like, you always run out of space. This is like we. Yeah, start, I mean, seriously. Like, I have the same thing. List. I I love, you know, physical things. Also, right? Like, everybody's like, oh well, um, you know, I like the physical stuff, and like, oh, I don't know if I can get into this, blah blah. But it's like, listen, I like the physical stuff too. But it becomes impractical at a certain point, right? Like True. you do have tubs and tubs and tubs of this stuff, right? That you're stacking up and storing. And if you want to play, like you have to have all this stuff. This is what we're trying to do here. And what I've been trying to do, like I said, when I was a kid, it was really hard to find people to play. And, yeah. you know, time and distance is the enemy of this game. We want to make it more immediate. So, you know, everyone has this technology in their pocket. You have your iPhone, you have your iPad. And like, this is the best and most immediate way to play this game like you can pick up you know last night's or last weekend's game at lunch you're like oh yeah let's just play and you can project on your tabletop as if you're actually there right remotely or in person and so you don't have to own all this stuff you don't have to you know it's expensive also right and we're going to democratize that process it's like all of the you know it's like the rest augmented reality is going to do that for the rest of the world what happened with books music movies all of these things that weren't digital right the last mm-hmm. part of that is our physical world and that really kind of is the last part of my description of augmented reality is going to democratize physical things anything mm-hmm. that you don't have to sit on eat sleep on or like absolutely physically interact with in that manner can become digital right we True. can make as big of screens as we want we can have multiple screens i can have an imax screen i can have keyboards i can have all these things that you have to used to buy yeah used to have to buy you don't have to buy anymore because we can all you have to have are the glasses right and we can make all this stuff digitally and so the tabletop gaming is just a small niche of that but that's you know absolutely one of the things where we can build as big as our dreams you don't have to own all of this you can fit in your pocket we can play whenever wherever so all of those things is what we're trying to do at mirrorscape on the arcana platform to you know make it more immediate make it more accessible and let you play your games when I hear this, obviously, like being a technologist myself, like I know that this is part of the path that we're going. I also know that there are some folks with reservations. I don't want to hit those reservations just yet because there's something I want to say before that. And I want to get your opinion on it. 
I feel like everyone has this immediate fear, but then hindsight's 2020 and it's like, well, we're nothing has burned down, right? Nothing has happened catastrophic, you know, in a catastrophic way that people thought like D and D beyond, right? Digital books. I still have my physical books that I use and I have digital copies because it just works for me. And it allows me to really um, streamline the process, but I still love physical. And just like you said, you're not replacing the physical on the contrary. I have seen, and I've personally used my Dwarven forge, my warlock tiles, and I was just play testing and, you know, the app itself to actually combine and make a super dungeon for my players. Um, I was taking pictures, but my phone crashed because my phone died. I was, it's the new dad life. I have like so many pictures of my, of my daughter that it's not even funny. I can't, I don't have the heart to delete them. I have to like, actually, no, you can't No, That's like dad rule. Number one, you never delete a picture. (laughs) Um, even if it can be embarrassing in the future, but, (laughs) um, the more reason to keep it. Um, but no, I, I mean, I use this, you know, kind of, I kind of kit bashed this whole thing. And for me, it didn't, it, you know, it hasn't replaced my physical copies of my, you know, 3d terrain and it's not going to, it's going to allow me to use both. So like I stated, I want to put that caveat out there before I, you know, kind of talk about some of the hesitations. Well, you know, are, you know, is AR going to replace the physical is AR going to, you know, do this thing that I'm so used to that maybe I've clung on to whatever it may be, you know, how can we explain those type of things? And in your perspective, did you run into things like that? Did you run into, you know, people in the gaming industry that said, well, is this replacing what we know? Of course. And absolutely. Like, I mean, listen, you know, it's just like any new technology that comes along, right? When True. television came out, they're like, oh, the movies are dead. And when that came out, the newspapers are dead. And uh, but we still have all those things. Right? Very true. It's not an either or proposition. It is a, a supplement and an addition, right? It's a new technology that we can utilize. Um, and yes, we get, you know, all, I mean, you can look at our Kickstarter comments right now, like, oh, I don't know. And this is one of the things that we have to explain better, right? Um, which is going to take some time because, you know, it's hard, like I said, it's hard to explain an immersive technology if you're on this kind of screen. Well, people are like, oh, I don't want to hold up my iPhone, right? For, you know, for a gaming session for four or six hours. I'm like, well, that's not how you play the game, right? Like if you, you know, you're in it and you're like, what's great about our platform, we just played a game this last week, like, you know, oh, nice. a couple hour session on the platform and like, you know, right around the table. And we're actually gonna be posting it on YouTube because that's one of the things people are like, well, I've never seen a game session. Okay, well, we're gonna post that up so you can see how it actually works. And, you know, you're, what's great about the platform is you are still around the table with people. And if you can't make it, you know, other people can join in, which is great, but you can still be around the table. And so we're sitting there and we're playing the game and we're role playing. And then it's just like anything else. Like when you lean into the map, then you can take your iPad out and like, we have it on stands, right? We've got, mm. you know, these nice little fancy ones, but you can use anything you want and you just have it there and you can see looking through that on the table. And if you want to get in and be your own cameraman, you just pick up your iPad and you go in just like you would when you lean over into, you know, the train in real life. Absolutely. So it's, it's really, and that was one of my concerns going in, right? Because, you know, 
are people going to understand this? Is it, you know, are they going to think it's like too cumbersome or love, but it really isn't. And then also, of course, the, the absolute expression of this is with the AR glasses, right? Yeah. You're going to have the AR glasses, which is what I designed for three years ago from the very beginning. So we're talking oh, cool. to all the major manufacturers and you can imagine that you, you know, ultimately you will not have your iPad or your iPhone, right? It'll just, you'll have the glasses on and it will literally be like, it's a holographic expression on the table. You'll be able to use gestures and just pick the pieces up and move them. We're very rapidly moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. But today we're shipping on what people have, which is the iPhone and the iPad, iOS, Android, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's actually, you know, a, people are like, I don't want any more, like just the other day, I don't want any more technology at my table, but you're actually still at the table with people. Like, and that's what makes us different than a role to your fantasy grounds or web-based stuff or that kind of stuff, because you wouldn't necessarily play like that around the table with people. Right. But yeah. this you actually do, it engages people. It brings them back to the table. Well, something that you mentioned, um, I believe it was one of the Kickstarter comments that said, well, you don't play with your phones or iPads or whatever. And I want to address that comment first. A lot of folks play with their iPads yeah. and their and their phones. They use it as their character sheet because it's easier to have your character sheet in your iPad or your tablet than it is to have a binder with character sheets and you know notepad paper and everything else, which I know plenty of folks that do both. At my in-person game right now, I have several players that use their tablets or laptops for their um, character sheet. And then they have notes like, you know, in paper format to, you know, to take their notes. So again, yeah. there's an example of the marriage of technology and, you know, traditional means of playing. But in addition to that, I want to, I want to address something that you mentioned with the AR glasses. I feel like that's not going to really like matter in the regards of like negative interfering with the game. Cause again, we use our phones, we use tablets and things of that nature, right? If people use their phones while playing the game, I think that's a different connotation, right? That maybe this commenter or whoever might be thinking, and that's a completely different story. That's going on Instagram or Facebook while you're, you know, playing the game. You shouldn't be doing that anyway, right? That's not that's right. not really that is actually the comment. Yeah. Literally today that was the comment, right? They're like, Oh, we, I have a no phone policy around my table because, you know, people aren't, it's not about the gaming. It's not even about what we're doing, right? It's about the non-gaming aspects where people are on Instagram and Facebook and doing the things. Yeah. You don't want to run your table. Right. So I understand that aspect, but that's a, but that, you know, that's a poor, that's a poor, that's a, yeah, exactly. That's a poor ad. That's yeah. like admin. And that's like yeah. poor D and D etiquette. That's just poor tabletop etiquette, right? Like yeah. if you're at a table yeah. playing board games, or tabletop games of whatever sort, like maybe don't have your phone around because that's distracting towards everyone else. And it's not really respectful of like the game master's time as, as well as the player's time, right? Um, and so I think that's something that I wanted to address really quickly because again, there, there's a difference, right? There's a difference in using your phone as a distraction or using the phone as a tool. And I think this is kind of, this fits definitely into using the phone as a tool, but one thing I do want to ask, you know, we spoke about AR and I think you kind of hit on some of the topics, but why AR versus creating an app that would have, you know, helped bring, like you said, you want to bring people together. You want to do this. Why did, would you choose AR versus another means of technology or another type of app? Because it's like I said, it's the, it really is the best. I've always felt the best fit of technology to gameplay, right? Like, and, mm. and if you, 
you know, if you go in the forums and this and that and the other thing, like, and when we came out, came out with the app and our Kickstarter, people are like, oh my God, someone finally did it, right? Like, oh my God, please don't screw it up. And that's not what they said, but like, you know, please don't F it up. And it's like- Yeah, they chose a little bit of- yeah, exactly. Everybody, you know, really wants this. And I'm like, yes, I'm onto something, right? Because I want this. This is, you know, this is a passion project. I started this because I want this, right? And I know mm. I'm working in this medium how a, what a perfect fit it's going to be. But the reason is, is because again, time distance is the enemy, right? And so you, we want to play like again, it was like a a remote tool initially, right? And this was before COVID. Yeah, where you can get around and play the game in a more authentic manner. I want like these things are on my actual tabletop, you know, and now that it's digital, I can do the augmentation with spell effects and flames and flickers and all these really cool things. I don't want to make a video game. And I've been very clear about that. Like there's lots of D&D video games. I want to make an authentic representation of your tabletop. But because we are digital, I can add what I call the sweetening layer, which is like spell effects, flames, things like this. Right, mm-hmm. and make it very cool, but while still keeping the authentic nature. But this still allows us to play, no matter where we are around the table, right, in an authentic manner. People can join in. There's always that one person who can't make your gaming session, right? And for sure, people can. Those five people can be there. The last person can beam in. You can see their video, their avatar. So we can still play this game in an authentic manner. That's not feels like it's trapped, even though we're using screens trapped behind a 2D flat screen it literally seems like it's stuck to your table and again mm-hmm. seeing it believing with us um but also to we always say to build as big as your dreams it's expensive like you said to buy all of this physical train and to store it and to hold it and if you're going to any kind of gaming convention to take it with you we take an ipad and that's how we go anymore with the you know the gaming conventions and we can build as massive as we want to fill the floor to fill a table to fill everything that we possibly can imagine um and we want to put the you know, the creativity and the tools in the hands of our users. So we're starting out with the tabletop, we're doing, um, you know, very curated selection of terrain and tiles and things like that. But the ultimate goal really is to give creative tools to the community because that's what this is all about, right? Painting your minis, you know, carving up terrain, doing all of these really cool things that allow you to, you know, we always say kind of that we're the Minecraft or Roblox for the, more adult tabletop community um, is what we want. I like that. So putting the creative tools in the hands of our users who are going to make more amazing things than we ever could, right? Um, So you're going to see that become an expression of the platform as we continue to move on. Well, and that's something, and I I like that you brought that up at at the kind of just recently where the next generation always builds up better than the last generation. That's just, that is just part of human evolution, right? We learn and we and we you know progress forward, and I feel like the next two three generations with this app with this technology are going to build things that we look we're going to look at and be like wow why didn't we ever think about that right it's it's the same thing that I see with Minecraft it's like if I had that as a kid I wonder where I would be I mean we had Legos and I was you know very happy with Legos and, and all those type of things but. I'm just really excited. And I think this is what the future is going to entail. But speaking about that and speaking about the actual technology itself, I know that you mentioned, and I know it's been on social media, so I think I can say this. There was, there's been some things with like Hero Forge and Dwarven Forge and whatnot, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Our partners. Perfect. So I was going to say, 
With that being said, for the folks listening, you can have and you will have that ability to use Dwarven Forge in the virtual. You can customize your mini, your Hero Forge mini in the app and in and using that technology and placing it there and having a great time with it. So it's not like there is just non, you know, again, there, there's, there's not going to be non-physical. You can use your physical Dwarven Forge and your virtual Dwarven Forge and merge right. it together. Well, and by the way, so, and again, like I, I've been wanting to say this, I guess for the last 30 minutes, but we do have a video on uh, YouTube, which shows that exact thing. And it's been out yep. on social where we are mixing Dwarven Forge and the Fat Dragon terrain together. And so yep. I, again, I'm a, you know, I still like physical things and like, I will own, you know, a lot of that stuff. And we've all backed, you know, a million Kickstarters and for sure, like and our living rooms are filling up with all the stuff, but we, we love that stuff, but you can't own it all. And you also like, you know, if you want to build, you know, a huge dungeon, you need a thousand floors, right? Like that's mm -hmm. really expensive and physical. We can do that in digital. So you can own a subset of the digital or the physical and supplement that with digital. And so, and it's always with you, right? And so yeah. you can actually, the beauty of AR is you can actually mix and merge these things. And we have a great video online on our YouTube channel, which shows that. I'll place a, um, so I'll place a link to that in the description yeah. for sure. sure. Just because I know I've shared that same video and I've shared, I've shared a lot of the videos because again, I've been a huge advocate and supporter. So I may sound a little bit biased, but I'm not, you know, it's not because you all have told me to, it's really because I, I fell in love with this. Um, and I really think it's a, it's the future. I, well, I really think it's the future. I really think, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of, I'm again, I'm probably showing my really big nerd self, but there's a lot of different animes that I've watched that have actually gone into the topics of AR and VR and how that's really the future. You know what I mean? Like that is the future of, I mean, and heck ready player one was a great example of, of VR, but for me, I feel like AR is kind of where it's the practical it's actually the practical reality of what That's we're right. getting into you know what i mean yeah. like i always say they're the same like everybody's like well which one's gonna win ar or vr i'm like no they're both gonna win it's two sides of the same coin it's like for sure ar is going to overtake the cell phone the cell phone will go away we'll all have glasses on you know i think within absolutely within eight years maybe even within five years right apple is mm -hmm. planning on the obsolescence of the iphone for this very reason that's why they're so bullish on ar and that will be your everyday reality. But it's yeah. just like at the end of the day, you want to retreat and escape the real world. You go into your you know, living room, you turn off the lights and you watch TV or you go to the movie theater. That's VR. Right. And so but it's the same technology. It's just yeah. whether you're allowing some of the real world in or you're not. And AR is actually the more difficult technology, which is why it's later, yeah. because to integrate stuff into your actual real world. It's really hard to tell a story in VR, which I've been doing for many years, like you know, where you have complete control. And now in AR, imagine everyone's reality is different. How do you tell that story in your living room versus everyone else's living room? Because so now you have different perspectives coming into it. It's, it's different than having, and let's say that, let's say this is kind of future tech. Let's assume that everything is pretty much, you know, all the bugs are fixed. It's easier to put on some v, a VR headset and jump into World of Warcraft, a la Sword Art Online, right? If you know, if you're familiar with that anime, like it's easier to con to conceive that because, okay, you put a helmet on, you jump into the video game, and you're good to go. It doesn't remove anything else. Rather, it basically it's just pr it's pretty 
clear and cut. But with AR, that's even more difficult because now you're having to interact with the world around you, but with everyone else's perspective on reality. That's right. And it's also technologically more difficult because just from a pure physical standpoint, you're trying to project computer graphics on your retina with real light. And so these waveguns and all these miniaturizing it all in the headset, it's a really hard problem. And that's why, you know, it's going to take a while. It will absolutely get there, but it will change the world. And we want to be there day one, which is why three years ago, I started developing this for those classes, right? So we're going to be across all these platforms. You'll be able to cross play on your iPhone, your Android device, your tablet, the headsets, PC, all these things we're going to be developing for. So, you know, and the other thing is too, is as the technology improves, we always say that, you know, this is an easy to understand thing, right? When you are a better roll 20 or fancy bronze or whatever, right? It's literally on your tabletop and you can, it's like the, it's like you're literally around the table, but that's just the start. We want to take you from the tabletop into your living room and out into the world at large, more like Pokemon Go. And what does that mean for the for the game, right? Like now that we have this technology, what how do we evolve gameplay? Like what does it mean to play this game now that we have this technology? Mm-hmm. So we can mix and merge all of these amazing new things like the Pokemon Go with the tabletop role-playing game and make a new type of experience. So we're gonna be, you know, really experimenting and building the platform out around that and the emerging technologies. What's been your most difficult roadblock that you've encountered with at least in this tech, in this space? Um, mm, that's a good question. I mean, just, you know, like anything time, like trying to For sure. get it all done, build the company and do all that stuff. But I mean, technologically, I guess, well, it's like I said, it's trying to make people understand what this means, mm-hmm. right? People have heard virtual reality. So most people have heard of VR and they have a rough understanding of it. If have if they haven't experienced it, which a lot of people have. Yeah. But augmented reality is even harder other than the stuff they've seen on their phones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then trying to explain how this is actually a really usable tool in the time frame that people play D&D, which is two, four, six hours at a time, sure. right? Like, like I was saying, people were like, oh, no, I'm not going to hold my phone for six hours. That was terrible. Well, that's not the way you play, really, if you think about it, right? Yeah. And you like, and you stands. Um, so it's really just getting people used to what AR is, how it's really used outside of the gimmicky nature, which is the Snapchat spectacles and things like that. That makes sense. That makes that makes complete sense. Um, I feel like, see, because I was even wondering from a non-technological perspective as well, probably some of the roadblocks that you've encountered is what we've already talked about with some of the kind of individuals who maybe are protesting or a little bit um, against it. But again, we had talked about that. What has been your favorite part, though, from all this, from this whole experience? I know now you you have the Kickstarter, and I can understand that Kickstarters are, um, you know, they they're mass, you know, they're they're a lot of stress. It's it's crazy to think about. But yeah, what's been hard. your favorite part <laughs> from this journey so far? Yeah, that's easy, and it's what everybody told told us going in, and really the main reason that we did this was the feedback right? Mm. The, the community and really, you know, it was really difficult for me being the, you know, the creator of this and the lead developer, um, 
putting this out into the world, right? Like we had an mm -hmm. event here in Los Angeles. We're in Los Angeles and we had this event at um, actually the, uh, it's called Two-Bit Circus and it's the uh, Nolan, Nolan Bushnell's son, Brent Bushnell of Atari. Oh, cool. Uh, whole thing downtown LA, which is amazing. And we showed it to him and he was blown away and we had, they have beta nights. So we, that was a year ago, debuted it down there and people oh, went wow. nuts. And that was, you know, even earlier than we are now. And so when people actually see it, you know, they're just blown away. And when you do that and you put it out there, you're like, ah, my baby, you know, it's like crazy you, you, for the first time. And I was really nervous about that. Um, and even now, less so now, but you know, putting it out there for critique and criticism and, you know, there's both. And but for the most part, what's been great is amazing feedback. And I know we're doing we're on to the right thing because everyone's like, this is so amazing. And I want this so much. Just like I, you know, I built it because I wanted it and to be validated with other people going, oh, my God, this is exactly what I've been looking for, too, is amazing. And getting all that feedback and hearing, you know, what people want, what they don't want, you know, and that's only going to grow when we do our open beta and when we bring it out into the world and really hearing from this community. And, you know, this community is amazing. Like people like are just, you know, so forthcoming and fun and nice right this is like for the most part like you know people are in it for the love of the game really and um it's just a great community to be a part of that's awesome and it really is true though this community is i mean if there is a community to really be involved in it and this type and spearhead the technology in a community it's this community really um but i do have a question it, it's kind of related but it's from a perspective of like mentoring for someone out there, let's say in the audience, right? We spoke about the next generation can improve and will always improve. And let's say there's someone in the audience right now who is considering a career path in this and they hear about this technology and they hear about um, the way they can do this. What's one piece of advice that you would tell that individual that you wish you would have known at the start of, the, of your journey, not only in tabletop, but merging tabletop and your passion in technology? I mean, it's like Nike, right? Just do it. Like okay. go and like, don't wait. Like there's so many, um, you know, tool sets now, like we've developed this entire thing in unity. So there's oh, nice. unity, there's unreal. There's these great tools of expression. Like some people use a canvas and paintbrush, you know, some people, you know, use uh, a camera for photography, but the computer has always been my tool for creative expression. And nothing has made me a bigger creator than those two things, Unreal and Unity. And, you know, there's so much. You don't need to go to school anymore. You can be 12 years old. I started programming when I was eight. You can be, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I grew up in the Midwest, in the middle of nowhere, and like, you know, took to the computer because I could do things with it. It was my ultimate tool of creativity and expression. So there's so many resources available online now. If you go to find out about, you know, programming, like nothing that I, they, I never had that growing up. Like there were a few books and I, you know, got those and learned to program and do these things. There's just an unlimited amount of resources now online. Anyone can go and do this. If you have any interest at all to go and create something, if you can, if you can envision it, you can make it. That's beautiful. And that's, I think that's a really good, that's a really good piece of advice because Lots of times we're told that we can't do it or there's, you know, maybe a barrier, but in reality, that's maybe a barrier that we place in our own minds. So I really, I really like that. And I really appreciate that. 
Now, I know last thing I do want to talk about, we, we you have the Kickstarter going on. There's only a couple of days left as of time of recording. So I will make sure to put that Kickstarter on there. But tell, tell us a little bit for the folks who haven't heard of the Kickstarter just yet. This this is this is pretty huge. It's not gonna lie. This is a pretty huge one. Yeah, it's big, uh, scary. <laughs> Just a little. That. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, this is again, this is people are like, oh, is this real? Like the stuff that you see, like that's the other thing that we combat a lot is oh, this is fake, right? Like, no, this is all real. This is all in-game footage. This nothing is faked, like this is the real deal. And we have a very stable platform. So we're almost done. And that's why we decided to go the Kickstarter route, right? To get to, you know, again, it's the money's nice, but it's really about the user engagement and the community engagement and finding out sure. what people want, what they don't want is the most invaluable thing you could possibly have. Um, so we've got, you know, a bunch of stuff that we need to finish, but, you know, we're going to be coming up pretty quickly. We're going to be, you can go on there, you know, obviously it's um, a great deal in terms of the amount of terrain and, and minis and uh, digital everything that you get with it for oh, a discount yeah. order, which you'll not get obviously after the fact. Um, but so if you want the discount, go to the Kickstarter after yeah. this episode, you know, check it out, pledge and do all that because I've, I was looking at it doing a comparison. Like it's a really nice discount. Like it's, it's really yeah. good. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's really, well, it's not only a discount in terms of, you know, physical, digital versus physical, right? Which is like, you exactly. can do that quickly. And also when you own one piece of train, you can use it indefinitely, right? Yes. You, as much as you want. So you're basically buying a sculpt and then you, you know, you need 4,000 floors. Great. You buy one piece and there you have it. Um, so that's advantage we have digitally, but also for the Kickstarter, you're definitely getting a discount on what it would ever be again. Um, in addition to like the starter packs are crazy. Um, we've got mm -hmm. a lot of really cool stretch goals. I mean, ultimately, you know, Kickstarter was ultimately designed to help people like us who are almost done and want to finish and need that extra oomph. And that's what we're trying to do. So the more money that we can get, the more of those stretch goals that we can reach and all these extra features that people want um, that are very vocal about it, obviously on the, you know, comments. And uh, that's the reason we love Kickstarter. Um, we can make those, right? Yeah. Uh, it'll just be that much faster. Um, yeah, we're probably going to do them anyways, but it's going to be, you know, much longer time frame potentially so you know there's lots of cool things that we want to do um it's a great deal um yeah there's lots of things to like and by the way we're also um this is our last week so whenever this drops um as of this time we have seven days left but like it ends on sunday the first and so we are going to be dropping something every single day this week um, in terms of awesome. uh, stretch goals and add-ons and really cool stuff that everybody's actually been asking for, including a very cool um, thing that I think everybody's going to like. <laughs> well, this, on, this, this episode good. does drop um, on the 25th of this month, so 425. So this will be dropped. So for the folks that are listening to it, like I said, after this episode, go and check out the Kickstarter um, I'll be placing a link in the description so that you can just basically go straight to it and you can keep looking. And in addition to that, keep doing it every day because you'll see something drop. And I'm excited to see what the big finale drop is going to be. <laughs> I'm really tempted to ask you, but I'm going to hold myself so I don't spoil the excitement because no. I don't want to do that either. Yes. No, it's going to be cool. It's, um, you know, we really are listening to everybody's feedback. Like, you know, we are 
and I think this is evident, like if you go to our comment section on Kickstarter, you know, we answer everything within a few minutes or within the hour at the least, unless we're asleep. And uh, people really appreciate that. And, you know, it is about building community and we love our backers and we really are listening to every, even if we don't answer it, which is rare, mm -hmm. we are listening to every single thing that people are asking. And most of it we know, and we want that too. And it's just a matter of time. But um, again, it's, you know, about the community and we love this community and we're part of this community and um, we're listening and uh, we want to make all that happen. So some of these things we've already dropped, like the sci-fi terrain and the yep. outdoor pack that we yep. dropped, like everybody was asking for that. Um, and yeah, this week you'll see some other things that people have been asking for. So, well, and it's also, and one thing I'll ask, I'll mention too, like, I know that they can, you know, folks can reach you out on social media, on Instagram. I know they can also, and I don't know, can they re I, I, well, I don't want to assume, can they reach you out on uh, discord? Yeah. Yeah. The, I was going to say. Uh, Yes, a lot of our um, newsletters, you can sign up on our website, mirrorscape.com. You can sign up for our newsletter, and uh, we are constantly sending out updates on that, um, which is, includes links to our Discord. Um, so you can absolutely join the Mirrorscape Discord. Um, we've got lots of people in there. Um, it's actually growing by leaps and bounds. Um, and I just did an AMA last week, uh, Ask Me Anything um where we had about 50 people in there asking all the burning questions which was that's awesome amazing that, yeah that's also on our youtube channel now so you can go to youtube uh mirrorscape and uh see that session so like you know lots of the questions that have been asked from lots of people that you know you think you are very clear when you do a kickstarter and then you're like mm -hmm. oh okay no we're not at all so it's like, well so questions come up too you know you know yeah. some some folks may see might have a question and it just kind of you know, comes out later on, but what I'll do, I'll, I'm going to make sure. Um, so for the folks that are listening, for the folks that are watching, there will be a link in the description to not only the website, but the Kickstarter. I'm going to just limit it to that because if you can go to the uh, discord through the website, probably just be easier. And honestly, yeah. I've interacted in the, in the community um, on discord and it's been awesome. It's been really welcoming. It's been really fun to see other people uh, that yeah. are in the community that are involved in this. And I'm like, wait a minute, I know you. And, and, and I'm not going to reveal yeah. any names, but it's been cool. It's been really cool. Yeah, There's a lot of, you know, good gaming royalty in our discord. Like there's a lot of people in there talking, uh, what I call gaming royalty, but I'm like, Oh wow, this is cool. Like, you know, some of our backers are amazing. Like I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, and been down to earth people down to earth, really cool people. And, you know, that's the community that we're building. And I'm, and I'm appreciative of the community that you're building and you're spearheading this both from a technology and really from a gaming perspective. I really appreciate that. Um, and like I said, really cool, really excited to see this. Um, and I think this is a good, good point to kind of, you know, leave this, this podcast. I will say one thing just for fun. And I'll ask the last, last question. If you had to choose any type of, well, first off, if you had to choose any racing class combination, what would it be? And have you created a mini for that in, in, in the app? But second, if you can choose any addition to, to play right now, what would it be? Ooh, all right. Those are good questions. The first one's easy. I created a, a, a tiefling sorcerer. 
Nice. Um, which is just, I really, I love that combination for, I don't know, whatever reason. Um, and that is actually a Hero Forge mini that I created. Okay, that's legit. Dropped into our tabletop and that is in actually our, uh, you can see it in the promos and you can see it uh, in all our videos. So that's easy. Um, one addition in terms of what, like, which edition platform or in the regards of gameplay um which edition when you would that would you want to play just from the nostalgia perspective or or anything of that nature just like what's kind of that edition that's near and dear to your heart um that's also easy the first edition like the one that i bought and by the way i still have all these books nice um at my mother's house back in illinois and like in the closet with all the comic books and all that stuff and I literally, you know, since I've been doing this the last three years, went back through them all and I've taken the pictures of them and um, my, you know, business partners put them on the LA D&D Society. But, you know, they're in perfect condition on Mylar envelopes and like all, it's just amazing. Oh, nice. I have all that stuff. So that is like really near and dear to me. Um, so I think the first edition, just because that's what I learned on, right? And yeah. the artwork that we were talking about earlier, I think before the show even started was just the you know it almost looks kind of kitschy right now compared to the beautiful artwork that we have and how it's evolved but there's something about it that's just you know the black and white pencil ink drawing line work and we were trying to we're we've got some ideas for drawing that into our platform as well in fact very very first interface that we had was all line art drawing kind of like the old nostalgic So, you know, we're looking ways to bring that in because this is very much about, again, being authentic to the game. That's awesome. And on that note, again, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I'm really appreciative of you coming onto the show. Folks, like I said, the website is going to be linked in the description. The Kickstarter will be as well. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review to let us know how we're doing and what type of content you want to listen to. Um, Be kind and compassionate to one another, y'all. I always like to say that. And I continue to say that because it's some crazy times, but the world can use a little bit of kindness and a little bit of compassion. But That's it, folks. I appreciate it. I hope that y'all have a great one. And as always, folks, keep gaming.